Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? I am so honored to introduce to you Dr. Sonia Wright, who is a board-certified radiologist, a sexual counselor, and a certified life coach. We are just thrilled to have you with us today, Dr. Sonia. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Dr. Sonia when she came into Modern Well for a photo shoot, and she was wearing like a really cool outfit, and I definitely, definitely noticed that. Um, and of course, had to go and, and chit chat with her as I do with most of the people who come into Modern Well. And she, we talked about life and the pandemic, and um, and she started to share a little bit about her story with me. And which I found to be fascinating. And it, one thing led to another. I told Steph about about her, and we decided she we wanted to share her reinvention story with all of you. So thank you, thank you, Dr. Sonia, for being with us today. And we are excited to dive into your your reinvention story. Actually, reinvention stories. So here we go. And we've got 30 minutes for this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, okay, just everybody you know, <laughs> your feet and maybe this one's going to go a little longer and that's okay. <laughs> it's so, it's so mean of us, Dr. Wright, because it's so Jules mean. <laughs> and I tell our story across 15 episodes and everyone else were like, okay, go. What? Yeah, go. Yeah. You, got, you got 30. You got 30 you minutes. Got 30 minutes. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much, Stephanie and Jules, for letting me be here on your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I love the fact that it's about reinvention. I have to say that um, besides talking about sex, reinvention is like it for me, right? So, um, you know, even the fact that you call me Dr. Wright, I find interesting because I don't identify it as Dr. Wright. My most recent transformation or reinvention has been to switch from Dr. Wright to Dr. Sonia because uh, I'm switching from my role as a radiologist over to my role as a sexual counselor and a sex coach, right? So my identity has shifted. And when you met me, Jules, I was doing a photo shoot at your place because I had felt like what I looked like before was not what I look like now. And, and I can give you a headshot or you saw my speakers kit, right? So that's what I used to look like. And um, during 2020, I was like, you know, I really want to become in alignment. And this is what reinvention is about. It's like coming into alignment with who you are. Like I'm 54 years old and you go through different times in your life and different periods and your identity shifts and changes over those periods of times, right? And so I felt like I was making this big transition in 2020 between Dr. Wright, the radiologist, which I love radiology. I, I 
I had imagined that that's what I would be doing my whole life to this transferring and, and reinventing myself as Dr. Sonia, the sex coach, because I recognize that I'm, I'm able to serve so many more people and have more of an impact in this role that I did um, as a radiologist. And so it's kind of like shifting and reinventing myself now. So um, the person that you see here and the person that you saw when I was doing the photo shoot, you know, I cut off all my hair. I've been gray for 20 years since my 30s, you know, but I wasn't owning my gray. And I had decided I'm going to show up as my authentic self, which means owning my gray, owning my natural hair, just, just being me, right? And this is Dr. Sonia, and this is who you get to see, I don't have to put on any pretense or anything like that. I'm reinventing myself as the person that I want to be for the second half of my life. So reinvention to me is, um, it's showing up as your authentic self. It's listening to that inner voice in you that says, it's time. It's time to shine. It's time to show your light to the world. It's time to serve in the way that you meant to serve. If, if there's a purpose inside of your heart and something that's been calling you, it's time and there will be a transition and it doesn't have to be pretty, you know, <laughs> but you, you, you will still, you're always on this reinvention mode, you know, but at the same time, there's different points that you get to in your life. And so I would have to say that my most recent reinvention is the one that you're seeing now as I go from Dr. Wright, the radiologist to Dr. Sonia, the sex coach. Um, so that's my most reinvent, my most recent one, but oh my goodness, there's been so many <laughs> along the path. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure where to start with. Uh, I, I'll let you ask the questions and we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, most people, um, you'll be able to see Dr. Sonia when you go to our show notes. But what I, I just love about what you said is, you know, for you, Dr. Sonia, it was a um, internal and external shift, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, I have done something similar where it took me a minute, but I, I haven't embraced my gray. I'm still highlighting. That's what we call it, highlighting, not full color. But I have embraced my natural hair. And I do think that becomes a part of this shift um, to, and some people do it and some people don't. And what I love is if you do it, great. If you don't, great. Cause you're owning who you are. Um, and so I love that concept of both an internal and external shift for sure. I am, Jules, did you have a question? Cause my big question was radiology to sex coach. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I didn't go far when I reinvented. I went from like HR to coaching. I mean, it was it was a step, but it was kind of like I went to a new street. I feel like maybe you went to a new country. So, okay, can can we? Okay, I I want I definitely want to hear that. I, I mean that that of course is is the big the big one. I want to take a moment though to 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 lean into this this. 54 year old woman, which I also am, Dr. Sonia, um, and, and, and having the courage, right? And, and, and the confidence to embrace the gray, right? To allow yourself to, to be seen as you, as you really are. I mean, I, I gotta say, I don't know if it's ego, my own, you know, or, or just, 
vanity or whatever it is, but like, that would be really hard for me right now. I mean, I, I started get, getting gray early as well. And, um, and, you know, it's funny because my kids sometimes make fun of me. They're like, mom, why do you, you know, why do you color your hair? Just like, let it be. And, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, I think I don't, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what, what going gray would mean. That means that I'm old. That means that I'm, you know, and, and so I would love just to take a moment because I think there are a lot of listeners who are probably around this, you know, from 40 to, you know, 60 ish. Um, what does, what did that take for you? What, what was, what was that like? And how did you have the courage and just the, the confidence to say, you know what, I'm doing this. Yeah, you know, this is the, I love this because with so many different things, when we're transitioning and reinventing ourselves, we think that it's instantaneous and we get to this place where we're like, ta-da, I'm owning this, it's fabulous. And it, it's usually not like that. It can be like that. You can make a decision and boom, you're ready to go. But usually there's a lot of start and stop and failure and try to, I don't, I like, I'd say in the last five years, I've tried to go gray about three or four times, you know, and like, I'll grow it out. And then I'll be like, okay, here we go. We're doing this. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, you know, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll color it again. Or I went to another stylist and I was like, I want to blend in the gray as it grows out, you know, and then she gave me this fabulous, like, um, blondish, like reddish auburn highlights and I was like damn that looks good and so it's another two years <laughs> I was like oh boy this is for me right so it was not ever something where I was like today I'm gonna like but it, it got to that point where um when I didn't like putting the chemicals so this was part of becoming the authentic me was like honoring my body and recognizing I didn't necessarily want the chemicals in, I'm very sensitive. Other people are fine, but I'm very sensitive. My skin is sensitive. And so every time I was putting the chemicals on my scalp, I was getting a little bit of a burn, right? So then it came to the point where it's like vanity or health, you know? Um, and so I got to that point where I'm like, your, your body doesn't like these chemicals, right? And why are you doing this? You need to honor your body more so and prioritize that above all else. So yeah, I had those thoughts, those same thoughts about, oh, am I going to look old? What does this mean? You know, and especially since I went gray in my early 30s. So I've had 20 years of reinforcing these thoughts about gray not being good or whatever. And then you spend some time and you think about it and you're like, why is it that gray is not good? You know, what is it about gray? Gray is just a color and I get to choose what that color means. And I get to choose that it means that I'm vibrant, that I'm in my midlife and that I'm owning it and that I'm owning all of me and I'm accepting me because I don't want to be 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, not embracing who I am. And so then it becomes this, and, and it's so funny, like I, I cut my hair off, I, you know, I went gray and I'm the one processing it. And, and the feedback I'm getting is it looks fabulous. I love you here. You know, so it's just my thoughts, right? And, and I'm a life coach. So the thoughts will, <laughs> you know, I can't help but breathe. Like I get to choose my thoughts around this area, right? And if everybody that's out there is saying, wow, I love your hair. It's fabulous. And I'm still thinking that it's not, I get to evaluate it and decide what I want to think. Are those thoughts helping me that say that gray hair is not, young, it's not vibrant, it's blah, 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 blah. Or is it time to have the thoughts that serve me that say, wow, 
I am closer to who I am and my authentic self. And I'm beautiful and my gray hair is beautiful and I'm going to embrace all of me. So I, I wonder, it. Dr. Wright, because that is so amazing. Yeah, to um, call me Dr. Sonia. Oh, Dr. Sonia, that's right. I <laughs> or Sonia, just Sonia. Like My I, brain I, is I, like, it's <laughs> like my mother is in my head, like, you better call her Dr. Wright or something is gonna, <laughs> bad is going to happen to you. Okay, Sonia. Yes. Similar question, but uh, for many people, uh, myself included, you when you start to think about reinvention and you're in your forties or fifties, mm-hmm. um, you're like, well, how, how would I do that? Oh, I'm, you know, it's too late for me. Or what I hear a lot of people who are like me in corporate America, I can't, I can't give this up because what's on the other side. I don't know. And this is what I know, radiology, HR, engineering, whatever it is. And so I wonder if you could talk to us about kind of that journey, because I'm guessing similar to your hair, you didn't wake up on a Tuesday and say, I think I want to be a life coach. And then Wednesday, it happened. (laughs) No, well, what did happen for me was uh, I turned 50 and I thought to myself, what is it that I want to do with the second half of my life? And how do I, one day I'm not going to be on this earth, right? How do I want to contribute and make a difference in this world? So for me, that was like the awakening that, and I had always done mentorship. I have always been mentoring pre-med students or, you know, minority students or anybody. I do a lot of post-bac mentoring, which is students that have had other careers and then decide they want to become a doctor. So I've always been doing the mentoring part. Um, being a physician is a career or a um, profession that is very, very stressful. And as such, there's a high suicide rate and there's a high substance abuse rate. And there's some factors at play that make, uh, make physicians not necessarily want to seek out help that they need because it may go into their record. But if you're going and seeing, obviously, if you're depressed or need psychiatric help or substance abuse, you should go and get the help that you need. But if you're in this place where you're not at that point yet, but maybe you're getting close to burnout or something, then um, maybe a life coach is a good thing to to work with. And um, so I had worked with a life coach myself to help me define what I wanted my future to look like and, and how I wanted things to go. And it was during this time that it had helped me so much that I was like, I'd actually like to use these skills to help. First, it was to help other pre-med and post-bac students to, and post-bac is post-baccalaureate students, people that have gotten their degree and then decide later on that they want to become a doctor. So I decided that I wanted to train as a life coach to help them and to mentor them and to give them the skills that they need to make it through med school and residency and beyond. And, and then I realized that I could actually do the same thing to help other physicians. And so I became a physician life coach and I've been doing physician life coaching since 2016. And so um, it's this thing where we say that it's too late and you recognize that it's never too late. And, and we, we need to see our whole life. We need to not just look that we're in our forties and fifties and feel like it's over. We need to recognize that we're probably going to live to our seventies, eighties, nineties. And if you look at it that way, you have at least 30 more years, at least 40, even maybe even 50. You don't know, you know, 
how many more years that you have. But the question is, is this how you want to live your life for the next 30, 40, 50 years? And if it's not, you can do something about it. All it is, is changing a thought. All it is, is making a decision. All it is, is choosing to try something new. And it doesn't mean that you have to give up your daytime job. You know, I've been a life coach since 2016, right? And so I've, from 2016 to 2020, I was doing both life coaching and radiology. And it's now I'm going to be making that transition in 2021 to mainly just doing um, coaching, right? So it doesn't have to be something where you completely switch things. You don't have to have all the answers. In fact, usually when you have an answer and you feel like you know how the path is going to go, that's not the path. That's not the way it works out, right? You just have to have a willingness. And I love this, the willingness to try, the willingness to, to, to plan and to go ahead and do something and just take the next step, right? We don't have to have it all planned out. We don't have to know everything. Like we talk about me being reinvented from Dr. Wright to Dr. Sonia, but probably something you don't know is I actually started medical school at 32. Mm -hmm. So I already reinvented myself before where I had to go back to undergraduate. I had completed my degree in 1988 and I was working for at Stanford, by the way, at Stanford. So I completed that degree in 1988. And then I went to work for insurance companies and doing the financial side of things in hospitals and helping patients with their bills and things like that. And then when I was about 28, I realized I actually wanted to be a doctor. This is like kind of late to start thinking about it. But I said to myself, I looked at how many years it would take me to do my pre-med work and then go to medical school and then go to residency. And I determined that I was going to be about 40 by the time I finished. And I thought to myself, you could be 40 years old doing what you're doing now, or you could be 40 years old with a medical degree living the life you want to live. You're still going to be 40 either way in 12 years, right? And so, um, so my first reinvention was, um, was choosing to go back to school and to become, and, you know, working still at my other job and de- then doing my post-bac pre-med work and mentoring other students. That's when I first started mentoring and then getting into medical school at the age of 32. And so, and going there and, um, and then, then in the middle of it, I reinvented myself. I was going to do family medicine. And then I decided I wanted to be a radiologist. That's an extra three years after. <laughs> so I didn't finish till I was 43. <laughs> but I think um, you don't know, right? You're just, you're making a, a guess at what you think you're going to enjoy, what you think you're going to do. And as Sonia just described, maybe not, right? And you can make a different decision at 28. And because I think what you said is dead on. I mean, in 12 years, you're going to be 40. So you can be 40 doing some stuff that you want to do, or you can be 40 doing some stuff that you feel like either you have to do. I, I want to be 40 doing stuff I enjoy. Now I've already passed 40. So but I want to, maybe I'll say this. I want to be 50 doing, doing work that I love. And I want to encourage my daughters to know you can shift. Yeah. And, and in, in doing this shifting, it's really an understanding that all it is, is being willing to, to experience a feeling 
and it could be a negative feeling. It could be discomfort. It could be fear. It could be, you know, um, whatever your, your worst fear is to being able to confront that, you know, or it may be like working two jobs, right? So that's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot on your plate. But if you're willing to embrace whatever, embracing the suck, you know, some people say, if you're willing to embrace that, there's like nothing that you can't do. The only thing between you and your future are your thoughts and your willingness to actually be in a place of discomfort. And if you're willing to do that, there's nothing that you can't do ever. Okay, I'm four foot 11, so I'm not <laughs> gonna be an NBA basketball player, but <laughs> most other things I could do. <laughs> so, so Dr. Sonia, um, in, in all of your successes throughout your career, um, and it, it seems like you are, a very resilient, um, driven, obviously driven person. What, what kinds of, but we know that life isn't just, you know, it doesn't just hand you, you know, here's the path, like you said, (laughs) here, here, let me show you, let me guide you down this path, um, of your very successful life. What, what are some of the, the biggest challenges and obstacles you've faced along, along your journey, um, your professional journey or even personal journey? Oh, wow. There's been so many challenges. Like, like you're seeing the result, right? The end result. <laughs> but there's been so many challenges along the way, right? Um, uh, how, I, don't, like, they, I don't see them necessarily as bad now because the, each challenge gave me a piece of who I am today that I would not be able to be here if I did not have, right? I grew up relatively poor. Um, we were immigrants to this country. So Um, My parents worked two jobs. I didn't see them very often, but that gave me an independence that has carried me through to this day, you know, having, so there's, there's been challenges along the way. I decided in addition to um, starting medical school, I decided I wanted to be a mother, right? So (laughs) three months into medical school, I wanted to get pregnant and I did. And so at the beginning of my second year of medical school, I had a baby and I was still doing my medical degree, right? So um, I had a, a great husband that was there too, but I always say I had twins, like I had a baby and, and um, yeah, so that was challenging. And, and I, I won't lie, there's times that it was really tough, you know, um, there's just been times where it's been tough and there's been times where I want to give up. There's definitely been times where I want to give up. And there's been times where I'll crawl into bed and put the covers over my head. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And then that I have to have that talk to myself, right? You can stay here with the covers over your head or you can get back up and do the next best thing that you need to do. Right. So uh, yeah, if you look at my resume, it all looks fabulous. Right. But <laughs> between the lines is, tears and pain like everybody else as well. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want people to think that it's like you make a decision, you go for it, and it's amazing and wonderful. There's kind of this concept of the river of misery. And that, like, if you think of a, a river that's flowing really rapidly, and you're trying to cross it, and there's a couple of stones along the way, but you can't quite step from one stone to the other, you have to get into that river and swim a little to get to the next spot. It's kind of how it feels like, you know, and the resume are those nice stone steps, you know, that look really good. But in between, you have to work hard, and you have to paddle and swim and get to that. And you're like dragging yourself up onto the next wreck. And then you're there for a while. And then you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. I think it's time to go to the next rock. Here we go again, right? 
I love that. And, and what kinds of, so in addition to when you hit those moments of, of big challenges of, you know, putting the covers over your head and, and having the conversations with yourself, okay, I, you know, I could stay here <laughs> or um, get up and keep moving forward. What, what did your, what has your support system looked like? Who, who are, who are your people um, in your life that, that keep you going or what do you turn to outside of having your own conversations with yourself? Yeah, well, I do. I do have faith, and I, I have like a connection with the higher being, and that that's something that throughout all this process, I've felt like I've been on this path with um, the universe or the higher being to get to where I I should be going the next way along that. But I also had a lot of family and friends, and and the universe kind of provides your support along the way. You meet new people that help you through each step that you need, and they they may be going on that that journey with you during that time. They may be on a journey for the whole time with you or for just a short period of time, but whatever you need is supplied to you. Basically, if you have a belief, a dream or an idea, you would not have that belief if you did not have the means and the fortitude within yourself to get to that place and the resources will be provided along the way. So um, that's kind of like my friends, my family, um, Maybe it's just people that you meet online or whatever. You're in the same journey. Like when I went to my coach training program, then I met a whole group of, of people that were doing coach training. And then we, like I had a whole new set of friends, right? Mm -hmm. When I w decided I wanted to be a, a, a medical doctor and I went to my post-bac program at San Francisco State University, I met a whole different group of people. And some of those have been my close friends throughout this time. And, and some are there for a period of time. Love that. I wonder, Dr. Sonia, if you have any advice or counsel or could share some of the best tips or tricks that you have when you're crossing the river of misery or in the river of misery. Um, because I'm sure you see, I know I see a lot of people who feel um, stuck or they're not sure what the next step should be. It all feels very daunting. And so yeah. I wonder if there's any advice or counsel that you could share with our listeners who might be in that place. Yeah. Don't fight it. That's the first thing. You know, there's so much of the energy we use either by fighting the river of misery, like we're in this river and we're like, it shouldn't be this way. It is this way because this is what's happening now. So half of our energy goes towards fighting something and saying that I shouldn't have to feel this way. I shouldn't have to do this. It shouldn't be this way. If we shift that energy from rejecting what is and allow it and accept what is and then work on towards our goal and, and keep focusing on what our goal is. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to do this. You know, when you're feeling down, it, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's not something that you have to um, push against. You can be like, I felt down before and I've been able to handle this and I can go and do the next thing that I need to do. And, and if you don't resist being sad, maybe it's only going to take a half a day or something to, to process and feel that emotion. Or you could spend a week or two going, I'm not sad. You know, this is easy. This, this shouldn't be this way. And that's a lot more energy than if you were just to be like, yeah, this kind of sucks right now. And, and I don't really want to do this. And you kind of sit with it for a while and then you're like, okay, it's time to get back into that river. It's time to do what I need to do next. So half of it is allowing 
allowing whatever feeling or discomfort or emotion or whatever it is that you've been blocking, that's part of it. And then we have this concept called buffering when we're choosing to use external things to make us feel better. So if we're allowing the feeling, then we don't have to use as much buffering. And buffering we would do with like food, or if you find yourself and you've got to stream Netflix and watch the newest thing, ask yourself, okay, I'm streaming Netflix and I'm watching eight episodes in a row. What is it that I actually avoiding doing, right? So when you're buffering, you're trying to feel better about things. If you're on Facebook for hours, you know, there's probably something else you need to be doing that you're avoiding doing. But if we could get to this place where we're allowing what's going on, and I use this a lot with, um, with sex coaching, right? A lot of us don't want to have those conversations about, I haven't really been enjoying sex for many years. So let me go on Amazon and shop, you know, because <laughs> I'd rather buy something on Amazon than tell my partner that, um, like, Honey, I've kind of been faking it for a while now. But, you know, so having those hard conversations or whatever it is that you're trying to avoid and, and you're substituting food or shopping or alcohol or whatever it is that you're, you know, if you allow the feeling, allow the emotion, allow the thoughts that, you know, allow that, yeah, I'm not really enjoying sex or it's just on my to-do list or whatever and not pushing against it, you'll probably find that you're not, using a lot of energy for this other buffering activity and you could actually shift that energy to what you need to get done. Let's um let's lean into this this um this transition now though from 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 radiologist to life coach to sex coach, okay? So how like <laughs> Um, how, how did we get there? How did you, how did you get how there? How did the x-ray doctor become the sex coach, right? Yeah. So, um, for me, as, as I mentioned, like when I turned 50, I was like, what is it that I want to do? Right. And so part of it was, um, was getting the training as a life coach and doing the life coach and, and, um, giving something back. Right. The other part of it is I was actually in a relationship that did not have much intimacy going on. And I had to get real about that. And, and when you're doing life coaching and you're telling people things like, you got to have those conversations, or you got to deal with the issue. Like, who am I to be telling that to people I work with and not being that in my own life? So I had to go through a period of time where I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not really having much sexual intimacy here and I need to sort out what's going on and realizing that I was the common factor. I was the one that had the issue and having to seek out um, the help that I needed and getting that help that I needed and then realizing, wow, there's a lot of women out there that don't know this information. They don't know how to access this. And, and also uh, if you're in one of the major cities, like the Twin Cities, like we are and stuff, then yes, you can access sexual counselors and sex therapists and things like that. But if you're out like two or three hours out, how are you gonna drive and, and get to them and stuff? So I was already doing the live coaching. I was doing that online. And, and I was actually finding my clients where, you know, they're like, oh, she's a doctor. She can help me with the, the sexual intimacy issues. People don't realize we just don't get any training in medical school about this. You know, we don't like, <laughs> I, I, um, as I, I had this 3d model. I don't have it with you, it, but it's a 3d model of a clitoris. Right. And the structure looks like a wishbone. If you were to show this thing to doctors, 
about 85% of them would not know what the hell you were even showing them. They like, we don't, we know what a penis looks like because we're shown that from day one, but we don't know what like the structure of the female anatomy looks like. We are not, doctors are not trained in sexual counseling and they're not trained around sexual intimacy issues and they're probably struggling with it themselves. Right. So it was at this place where I was like, I'm a medical doctor. People think that I should know. I don't have all the answers. I learned so much by getting the help that I needed. And then I was like, I can combine my medical training plus my life coaching. And, and they would ask me questions. And I'm like, I need even more training. So I went and I, did, I took a year-long course in sexual counseling and then brought it all together. And also in my mind, I was like, what do I want to do after I retire from radiology? I'm like, I'll probably stay in it till I'm 65. But I, I'm not the type of person to retire. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I thought, oh, talking about sex would kind of be fun. So that's why I decided to get the sexual counseling training, but I wasn't planning on using it for another 10 or 15 years. It was going to be just like somebody was likes to garden. I like to sex coach. Right? <laughs> but it kept coming up in the life coaching that I was doing and, and in my own life. And as I went through that transformation in my own life to to own my sexuality and to, to get to this place where, yes, I'm a sexual being and, and pleasure is something that's important and women deserve to have that pleasure, but we are not taught about our bodies. We're not taught about pleasure. We're not taught about that. And there's so many negative connotations associated with sex and sexuality that are kind of put on these young girls and women's backs at an early age that we don't get the opportunity. We don't get the permission to, to get to this place where we're comfortable with our sexuality. So as I went through this journey of reinventation, reinventation again, right, then it was also um, just aligning it and bringing it all together and uh, making sure that my services were available to anyone. And then I also went and worked in a sex toy store as well so that I could get the sex toy stuff, have like an understanding of that too and just bring it all together. Just immersive learning. Immersive, immersive, you know, learning. like, you know, this is how we do it. We just don't do a little, we got to do it all and just keep doing it. Right. I am an overachiever. Right. Well, what <laughs> so I, love I had to, to add that in. Well, Dr. <laughs> or Dr. Sonia, what I love is that you, it, it sounds like you took your learnings and said, I think other people don't know some of these things too. And so I'm going to skill up even more and then share my learnings, my insights, because there's got to be other people who are having these same thoughts and perspectives. And I do think for a lot of our listeners, some of the issue is just figuring out what they want to reinvent too. Mm -hmm. And what I hear you saying is you have to listen to yourself and listen to your journey and which is what you did. And then from that, you found passions that you wanted to share with other people. One last thing. And then, you know, before we close, I want to make sure you let everybody know how to, how to reach you, how to get a hold of you. Um, but in closing, as, um, as women are looking to make a change, let's say they're unhappy in their job, they're unhappy in a relationship. Um, they're, they, they, or, or maybe not even unhappy, but, but feel like there's like you said, you know, there was more, there's more that they want to be doing. I hit that real hard when I was 52, real hard and, um, hit kind of rock bottom 
and then, you know, Stephanie knows the story and then built modern. Well, you know, it was like, there's gotta be something more. I got to pull everything, all of my heart's desires together and create something, um, before I die. <laughs> Basically. Um, so I, I was with you at every word as you were explaining that. Um, so what kind of, I know this is so hard and this is what you do for, for work and, and it's hard to just sort of bring it all into a, you know, a paragraph, but what kind of, what advice, um, would you give to women who, who are looking to make a change, looking to make some big or small reinvention in their lives and, Maybe they feel afraid. Maybe they feel stuck. Maybe they, you know, don't have the money to do it. Maybe, um, you know, all, all the obstacles. What, what advice would you give? Uh, well, the first thing I would give is to look within yourself because the dream is there. First, the first thing is to identify what that dream is, identify what it is that you want to do, what you want to contribute, and it's in you. You know, you know, what is that thing that brings you passion that like if somebody asks you to talk about, you just can't stop talking about, right? Or this thing that you're envisioning, right? And then go to the future where it's done, where you're that person that has accomplished it. And I think like your best mentor is your future self the person that has already finished and done what it is that you want to do. Go there, see what their life is like, talk to them, find out how they did what they did. But more importantly, feel how they're feeling in that life and, and feel that, that feeling and, and bring it back. Is it excitement? Is it joy? Is it happiness? Whatever that feeling is, bring that feeling back with you to the present moment and embody that feeling. And that feeling is actually what's gonna give you the energy to go forward and to do what it is that you need to do. And don't be afraid of, of being afraid, right? You don't wait for the fear to end before you do it. It's not going to end. You're going to have to do it with the fear as like, you can acknowledge that fear. Don't spend time pushing away from the fear because that's wasted energy. Say, I'm kind of scared right now and I'm not sure how this is gonna work out. And I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, right? And that's okay. But all you have to do is take that next step. And if you don't have the money, if you're afraid, if you don't know how to do it, all that is all right. But anything that has been made or accomplished, it has started with a dream and a thought. And then you kind of move forward, recognizing you're going to fail. If you can accept that you're going to fail, then you can do anything. And if you don't give up and recognize the only way to get to success is a pile of failures, then you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. I love that. Your best mentor is your future self. I love that. Oh. Show I'm notes. not real. <laughs> <laughs> quotes, not quotes real. in our show notes. So, so Dr. Sonia, how do people find you? Yeah, the easiest way to find me is on my website, and that would be soniawrightmd.com. We'll put that in the show notes, right? But that you can see, you can find me there. You can find my course on your sexuality now. It starts at the beginning of February, and we're going to be enrolling in January for that course. And it's a 12 week course, it's online, and it has uh, modules, and it also has group weekly group coaching with me, or you can work with me privately. And you can also do that through um, looking on my website as well. I'm here for you in whatever way you want. Yes, I'm a sex coach, but I'm also a life coach and I do both. That is awesome. Oh, uh, Dr. Sonia, we are so honored oh and humbled <laughs> to be here with you. 
um, and to have you share um, insights. Um, I hope that there are people listening who will reach out either because they could um, really use your services, either life coaching or sex coaching or a combination of the two. Um, we are lucky to have you in our community. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So much. And, and again, um, as I look to, you know, post pandemic, when we can start doing live events at Modern Well, you are top of list. <laughs> I would love that. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I also have like a free monthly flower side chat that I do online. So if you uh, get on my mailing list as well, then you'll get um, notices about that too. But I would love to work with you two in whatever way. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Sonia. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.